Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Greetings, podcast listener. On this week's episode with Alex Miller of Xander Circuitry, I frequently mention the 20% discount on the Xander Circuitry web store, not realising that it ran out at the end of May. Very fortunately, Xander Circuitry have put together a very special discount voucher just for podcast listeners. Use GTR NRD20 at the checkout on xandercircuitry.co.uk for 20% off of every available pedal in the Xander line. That's GTR NRD20 for 20% off. Now, back to the show. And welcome to the Friday Special, a podcast by Guitar Nerds. Now for 2020, the Friday Special series is running every week. And each week, I've got a new guest from the world of guitars, amplification and effects pedals. We're going to have brands and producers and musicians and loads of other things. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Guitar Nerds pedal guru, Matthew Knight. Hello there. And our guest for this episode, Xander Circuitry's Alex Miller. Hello, Alex. Hello, hello. How are we? Yes. Well, we are good. We are good. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Friday special. Thank you very much for, for agreeing to come on the episode. Um, it's always it's always wonderful to have people um, from kind of the burgeoning UK um effects scene or to, you know sort of music scene in in general um you know on last week's episode we obviously we had matt oram from fidelity guitars and do you, alex do you, do you own a fidelity i think you yeah i do yeah matt um i know matt quite well um i think i was one of the kind of early adopters of some of his stuff i don't think he'd been out too long but yeah no it yeah, looks matt makes, it matt... looks like an earlier uh fidelity your model Yes, I I kind of spec every like everything on it like you do with most of his his um, stuff. I just I, he happened to make a left-handed model when I met him at a guitar show, and I, I played it. I just I've never played anything anything like this, um, and mm. I definitely need one. And then I think it was within a couple of weeks, I'd ordered, I'd messaged him and and said, can I you know can I can I get one of these? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as yeah, as a left-handed player, I guess it's it's very beneficial to be able to spec things to to such a level that's something i guess you're starved starved for slightly in the uh, in the conventional off the page yeah, guitar mean, world yeah it's definitely getting better um especially since i first started out where you could only get like a a black strat or a butterscotch yeah. telly um i mean yeah like squire has started doing some left-handed like offsets and stuff now but yeah it's it's, it's improving but yeah it was definitely definitely nice to kind of spec something completely like to my to my own taste did you you went for sunburst though didn't you did you yeah it's like a it's a strange kind of um like um not like a full-on like gibson style sunburst it's more of like a like black kind of fades into like a like just like a natural wood color like a one i don't know what i'm not i'm not very i'm not very on it with colors (laughs) and how they're named um yeah and then just like mojo gold foils humbucker in the bridge um single in the neck um some strange neck material that he i don't i don't even know what it's made from this is really bad i should know (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, is 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 that the is that the guitar is that the guitar that you you play through to test out all your pedals? Or do you have a range of them? Yeah, I have I have a couple. So I've got um, I flick between that one because that's kind of like bright and and jangly. Um, with, with like the gold foils obviously um and low output and then i've got um a kurt cobain jaguar that um my well, my wife bought me um a few years ago oh, perfect ideal that's exactly what you want now i guess i kind of went off on a tangent at the start there um and <laughs> just immediately talked about fidelity guitars but we should have to- of course talk about uh xander circuitry for for any listeners who aren't aware of xander circuitry um goodness i don't know how long you've been you've been going alex like like i guess we became aware of your pedals uh four or five years ago i think we got the tape Uh, deck didn't we yeah we did a a review on the tape deck yeah so i think you guys got the second version um of the tape deck so we've been going since uh, well officially since august 2016 right um but i was building just like random clones and selling them in unfinished boxes on Facebook groups for like maybe a year to 18 months before that. So probably like early 2015 is probably when I started really getting into it. Um, right. That's, that's was, how so many pedal builders start, I guess, isn't it? Like uh, <laughs> those, uh, those sort of unmarked boxes being sold, you know, without a name on, on the internet. Did you Were you called Xander Circuitry back then or was that was that later? Was that when you decided to put a name to the business? Yeah, so that, that, that uh, August 2016 is kind of when the name first started and then we started putting the name on the boxes. Um, yeah, prior to that, a lot, yeah, a lot of them were unfinished and there was a few... So the Cyclone was like our, my first pedal and it kind of started as like a fuzz factory and then slowly, but basically just a straight up clone and then slowly morphed into like its own thing to what it is now um, that's yeah that's that's still in the range so that's a pedal that survived all the iterations of xander circuitry because as we'll come yeah. on to later you're you're certainly one for reinventing the brand yeah so i yeah it seems to go in cycles about every 18 months um i'm determined <laughs> that this will be the last um <laughs> round of changes um because it's quite exhausting to do it um every time um but yeah no yeah. There, there are a few cyclones actually floating about that are unbranded um oh, I mean, really? probably probably maybe 10 or 15 um right. if any of them still work um knowing the way they were built when i first started um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so yeah, since August 2016 was when it kind of first started. And then we just kind of slowly worked our way up from like just doing straight clones. And then like, I just kind of learned by doing just slowly tweaking stuff and then just applied that knowledge into then moving more into original stuff. Right, right. And I guess, and, and to kind of finish up what, what I was supposed to talk about as the intro, for listeners who aren't aware of Xander Circuitry, Xander Circuitry are a, a, a British-built uh, boutique effects um, manufacturer that, um, that that kind of create a really decent broad range of of pedals. But I think one one thing that, uh, that yes, as I sort of touched upon, is, uh, is almost the calling card of Xander Circuitry is the fact that um, Alex reinvents the brand and the look and the chassis of the pedal <laughs> yeah, quite uh, quite regularly. So yeah, so I think you. What did we get? You said we got the second iteration. So I think we got the tape deck, which was a wonderful um, dual button. Um, you know, yes, you know, sort of tape uh, tape delay, um, and that was yeah. kind of retro styled. It was like a it was like a baby blue. Um, uh, chassis it was kind of that horizontal format you know rather than a tall pedal um and it very much had sort of quite a classic retro um you know feel to it that sort of quintessential retroness and i think we we had something else a vibrato as well i can't remember the name of the vibrato oh the uh, the it was, it was a dual vib- the yeah the warbler yeah. that was it as well and again that was similarly styled and that was very much how you produced that that sort of run of pedals they yeah, had yeah i think this Sorry, Jay, go on. No, no, go for it. I was going to say, because I think the next time we saw you, was it Birmingham? I'm sure it was at a guitar show and all of the pedals had been redone with sort of new graphics. And I think I remember saying to you at the time, it was a real, um, it felt like a real step up uh, for the brand, I guess. 
you know, sort of, yeah. uh, not that you were amateur before, but, you know, it's almost no, like, no, no. you know, it, it's, uh, I think the, the thing that we see with so many brands now, be it uh, Walrus or JHS, they've all got, you know, a style, every pedal is like yeah. a, a style, isn't it? You know, it's and it's, yeah, it's well, they're, finding they're your... Part of, a, part of a uniformed look. And I think maybe, maybe before, before everything had its own sort of individuality, you've brought it under a kind of a utilitarian um uh, sort of format now so everything has the same it's it's a bold color and then all of the graphics are done in in a, a white decal on the on the pedal so that's kind of the identifying mark and still you're managing to keep that sort of interesting artwork on on the front sort of everything from you know the the buddha on the siva or the octopus on the sono um, there's there's always something interesting going on there. Where do you get the artwork done? Do you design it yourself? Yeah, well, ha- kind of half and half, really. So I'm a, my kind of in quotes real job um, is as a graphic designer, um, and that's kind of where it, it it was kind of half started as oh, I want to build pedals, but also I want an outlet to do some design work for myself because um, it's a break from working with clients and working for a company and it just it allows you that creative freedom so that was kind of half of the reason that it started really was to do a little branding project um <laughs> cool and um yeah so the the designs often come from well initially like like you said with the the kind of first kind of two rounds of, of pedals if you like where they all had a very kind of different distinct look um all that stuff was designed by me kind of pulling a lot of inspiration from like that kind of americana kind of style signage like very type based um yeah and then when we kind of shifted things up i very much took inspiration from like the brands you've mentioned like eqd and walrus where they all have that consistent kind of typography style but the graphics are different but they all have they all kind of look like they're part of one family so a lot of what i pull would be like old etchings from you can find like these old like you can buy up these old libraries from like old etchings that have been pulled out of books and turned into vector illustrations or old um patent drawings which is kind of where the the tape deck come the new graphic for the tape deck came from it's like a patent right. drawing of a, of oh, a okay. cassette tape um so yeah and then if obviously if i need to modify them and move them around to kind of fit the layout and make sure that you know all the control names are legible um then i can do that but largely they're kind of pulled from older drawings just because I found it I just found it fun to kind of bring like kind of breathe new life into these like some of these drawings like from the Junipero for example that the graphic on that's like I think it's like 400 years old from this old it's like etched into this old book and we've kind of pulled it out and given it a new life oh that's awesome that's really cool and I guess yeah everything really does have that so from the of course that you know I'm 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 looking at your website page at the moment which as we'll come to has just the remaining stock at the moment from from the current line so we can't see everything here but you know you've got everything from like the butterfly on the American geek to the map on the avalanche the cafetiere which has like a diagram of the the various parts of uh of a coffee cafetiere you know, everything ha- it very much has that sort of um, book illustration uh, look to it, which, yeah, is definitely a, a style. Um, and then it's it's just the colours behind them that change from pedal to pedal. Yeah. Yeah, and it, hel- it helps you be recognisable. I think that's always the thing, isn't it? You know, there's so many brands, you know, you're as a, as a new manufacturer, you've, you know, you've got to fight through a lot of uh, competition and you know so many people buy with their eyes now especially when it comes to pedals um yeah. i think it's it's great to kind of stand out and like i said you know step up a notch i think in terms of graphics i think that was instantly the first thing for us that it it, it really felt like that yeah yeah absolutely now let's let's talk about the pedals themselves and as as again as i touched upon we should talk about the fact that of course there are only seven pedals available on the website at the moment um and that is because you're selling through um this this current stock because then you know you you are about to undergo another change let's talk about that (laughs) yeah so um the change this time yeah so we have i think uh 12 pedals in the range currently but there's only seven uh left a few of them aren't making this uh jump over to (gasps) the the there are going to be discontinued pedals are there are there any are you are you allowed to say 
Um, yeah, yeah. What the ones um, are so, that, that are being discontinued? Yeah, so, um, well, two of them have already actually sold out completely. So the tape deck and the exosphere aren't moving over to the new. Oh, my goodness. The tape deck's not moving over. Okay. All right. That's um, okay. I've got an earlier and also, one. <laughs> um, and also the Avalanche, um, that's not moving over either, just because it won't suit the new format that we're I working see. towards. But there will be things that come in bigger and better to, to replace Okay, them. and it, is, is that because the Avalanche is a, is a three-button pedal is it is it something to do with the chassis of the new ones that's changed yeah so basically um obviously for those obviously people can't see it um the uh, so the, the tape deck the exosphere and the avalanche are like a la- are a landscape format um and the rest of our pedals are portrait um and the new format that we're moving over to now so for those i'm sure some people will be familiar with enclosure sizes so the format the enclosure size that we use now is a, a 1590 bb um and we're moving over to a 125B, which is about a third smaller, same height, um, but about a third narrower. So it doesn't really oh, right, allow right. for for three switches. Um, it's the same so size as like most Walrus stuff. A lot yeah. of the yeah, so it's, it's, that. it's almost 1590 like is more earth, uh, is more electro harmonicy, I guess, for people who don't know the the chassis. Um, yeah, and yeah, you're moving to the the I guess the the, the slightly more conventional yeah Walrus JHS style format. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so with with that, um, so the, the I mean the graphics are largely staying the same. Um, the thing that we're changing is we're moving from powder coated boxes to just plain boxes um and instead of having a white um uv print we're moving to a single color screen print so for example the american geek that's currently a blue box with a white graphic will be a plain box with a blue graphic and then we're getting uh custom aluminium knobs that are well they're just specific to us um a friend designed them for me um and they'll match. So, for example, like the American Geek will have blue knobs. The Cafetiere, if we get that printed in pink or purple, will have purple knobs, um, and so on and oh, so forth. Oh, so awesome. kind of like, almost like how, kind of like how, um, similar to kind of how Chase Bliss do it a, a little bit, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're really excited about that. And then the big, um, one of the other big things with the new format is the update to soft switching um which also allows for latching and momentary great amazing um yeah so that i mean that's that's kind of the big change that's coming um and yeah so like you said the the stuff that we've got at the moment is kind of the last of the the current format and we're slowly kind of clearing that out and people have been really good at at buying it up it's been a kind of a crazy month for us um yeah well, you, so you're, you're, you're not just you're not just selling through. You're also selling through. You're selling through with a with a discount at the moment. Um, you, you've you've got like an online voucher code going on for for people. Yeah, um, that- I, yeah. I mean, I won't I won't repeat. It is a quite a rude one, so I won't repeat it. But, um, <laughs> but well, um, yes, yeah, yeah. But it's in line with advising you to stay at home. But just be a really firm message about about yeah. you know about why you should <laughs> yeah. do that. But um, but yeah, it's a it's a fantastic campaign. And in in line with that campaign, dear listener, you get twenty percent off. It is twenty percent off, isn't it, Alex? Yes, I'm not, yes, I'm not yes, over yeah. over discounting your products. Yeah, you get twenty percent <laughs> off everything in the shop, which is which is massive when you consider that Xander Circuitry pedals are already incredibly reasonably um, priced. You know, I, I think um, ev- you know everything hitting under. Oh, except for the surplus, everything already hitting under the. Oh no! Including the surplus, everything hitting under the hundred and fifty pound mark, which is uh, which is very very reasonably priced for for boutique effects. And when you add another, you know, twenty percent off of that, that is uh, that's fantastic. And and of course, you get a chance, listener, to own one of the last of the uh, of the um, whatever third iteration <laughs> or second iteration <laughs> or whatever it was stock of uh, of of Xander circuitry, which is so uh, which is it, it's, um. It's part of the the move just as, um, I guess, just taking a step back. So when you were building stuff like clones in unbranded boxes, was that your sort of first step into circuitry or had you been doing it a while and, you know, moving on to the the next iteration? Is that just because you're, you understand circuitry and layout better and you just feel that you can make that jump into a 
improving the the pedals in better houses i guess kind of a bit of both really i mean we so prior to um building effects i haven't i don't have any electronics background qualifications anything like that um other than just learning how to solder just by you know changing pots and guitars and wiring pickups up and stuff like that i've done some basic soldering um and then I, I kind of got into building a few DIY kits just to kind of try my hand at it. Um, just like boosts and one knob fuzzies and stuff like that. Um, and then over time, so, so like the first iteration, um, all that stuff was built on like strip board. Um, and then the kind of, so even when the company first started, some of the very, very early pedals were still bought, bought ugh, built on stripboard um and then that kind of second iteration where we moved away from using like uh stickers for the graphics and moving into like a, a a screen printed box also came with the change of moving to like proper circuit boards um which also allowed us to then move into some more um ambitious circuits because you can really only take strip boards so far before it just becomes really laborious and time consuming yeah. to build on. Yeah. Um, like it's fine if you're building like a, a fuzz face where it's got 10 parts, but if you're trying to build a delay with like six knobs, um, it's, it takes way too much time. Um, and troubleshooting it is a real pain. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of where that, that second shift came. And then, yeah, I guess slowly over time, as I've as I've learned by doing, just by spending kind of countless nights, just fiddling away and thinking, oh, what happens if I just if I build this circuit and then I'll just start swapping parts out and see what this part does. Um, that's kind of where my knowledge has has come from it. Um, so there may be things that I'm doing that aren't really technically correct from like an electronic engine like an engineering perspective if you like um but if it sounds good that's really all that all that matters um yeah of course absolutely so you you might you might buy us a transistor funny and that might not be technically what the data sheet says you can you can do but that can give some kind of crazy sounds which is why you see bias knobs on so many fuzz pedals um and yeah like and then over time it was a case of well let's, well, let's start seeing if we can streamline the process so maybe we'll start moving parts over to SMD, which is kind of where we've, we, we kind of now move into smaller enclosures because we're taking those kind of big like through-hole resistors and, and changing them to, you know, tiny parts. Um, yeah, it, it which just, is the way the whole industry production. is going really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I think uh, pedals are, are going to be so small you can't even see them. <laughs> I think slowly people are letting go um, of the myth that through hole is somehow superior. I, I don't know. I think maybe it's just because they, people don't necessarily want to see the same kind of. Oh, is that a thing? I did. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I is mean, this, I, is I, this I, part of the sort of effects pedal? Uh, is this like the effects pedal version of, uh, sort of you know, Valve versus digital amps? I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't really buy into it, and I think that it's sometimes pushed as a, a bit of a gimmick. Um, and I, for me, I think I think a lot of people just maybe don't want to see the same kind of components that they'd see in the back of their TV as they would in an effects pedal. But right, ultimately, this they're ultimately they are just resistors and, and caps for the most part. Um, mm. And if you're talking about anything particularly complicated like a a delay or a reverb then it's all going to be digital anyway for the most part but, so but you still use free range copper i assume yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah it, it is an odd one i think it's uh very it's it's very bizarre but i mean yeah there's brands that have been doing it in fact actually this week um i was talking to uh yoshi we did a live stream on the ds1 because loads of people didn't realize that the ds1 had moved to um sort of smd and the circuit board is tiny Tiny. like absolutely Mm. tiny you know you can really 
you can make great improvements to products. And I guess they're more consistent as well. It just allows you to make better products for the end user, realistically. Yeah, and it, and it allows us to take some of the weight off of it. I mean, because I mean, I'm I'm just a one man band, and I I work a full time job as well. Um, so when you move to SMD, I mean, some some parts are easier to keep um, through hole. Um, like if you're trying to find specific transistors for a fuzz, and you need them to be a certain, they need to be within a certain range, and you have to test them. That kind of stuff is easy enough to do. But and you know, just place a couple of parts at the end, but resistors and caps are largely really good at being pretty bang on most of the time now given the the quality of kind of manufacturing um and it allows so i I can get the boards arrive to me kind of part completed so i don't have to sit there and hand bend a hundred resistors to to build a pedal that i can take that weight (laughs) off of my shoulders (laughs) Um, because it it's it is exhausting, um, and it allows me to keep like it allows me to add things like the the updated switching without having to put the cost up because I'm then saving the cost of my my time by not having to sit there and hand place a hundred resistors. So it it means I can kind of focus on improving the pedal without having to charge more money for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. So. Um, um, Sorry, Jay, you go. No, I, no, no, you go because I wanted to. I'm, I want to move on to the the new pedal. I want to talk about that. So oh, if you've got something ask, else on this, no, I was going to ask exactly the same thing. I was going to say well, how does wonderful. that all lead into the into the new stuff? Yes, of course, because as we're recording this, your new pedal, the Junipero, has not yet uh, been released. But by the time this airs, it will have just been released. So, listener, this is a very exciting development, certainly for for Xander Circuitry. This is uh, this is a real new type of thing for you tell us about the junipero yeah yeah so this has been a labor of love and hate um for (laughs) the uh, for oh god uh just over two years Um, well i was gonna say if you were at if you were at a guitar show uh two years ago you may have seen the junipero because i think you you brought it along to uh one of the it might have been been a year ago actually thinking about it but um yeah, you were, but there was certainly was, a there was a test model a while back, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a, a kind of beaten up prototype um, that we've kind of been we, we we dragged around to many many shows um, through twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, um, and now it's kind of finally finally ready to go. Um, and as far as I'm aware, I think we're probably the first British company to do anything like this. Ooh, um, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I may be wrong, and someone's probably going to call me out for being wrong. No, but no, 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 it's fine. We, you, you heard it here first, listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's um, it's uh, a digital pedal. It's a, a multi-modulation pedal um, that has eight different effects um, in it, ranging like kind of going through choruses, flanges, phasers, tremolos, harmonic trems, ring modulator. Um, on, and then kind of on top of that, kind of wrapping around those kind of. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Core eight effects. You've got stereo, uh, in and out, MIDI, tap tempo, presets, subdivisions, um, buffered and true bypass switching, kind of full expression control, like all, all that, all that good stuff. Um, and it really kind of stemmed from 
my like, I always wanted to build a chorus pedal. Um, that's kind of where the idea started, um, and that was probably maybe three or probably well, probably almost as long as we've been going. I always wanted to build a chorus pedal because I really what, loved why, the. What was the desire for for a chorus specifically? I so I I just I really like the effect. Um, I know it's um, I know it's a kind of a love hate thing with a lot of people. Hmm. Um, but I've always liked the sound of it. I think maybe maybe stemming from my teenage obsession with Nirvana, I think, and that kind of... And that <laughs> oh, kind that, of that's all right. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that's kind of where it stemmed from. Um, so so I'd, I'd always kind of thrown around in my head, like, oh, do I, maybe, do I just build something kind of based on the like the CE2 or like the small clone or something like that? But then a lot of those chips are now obsolete. Um that kind of that go into those pedals. I mean, unless you have, I mean, Matt will know. Unless you have like the buying and manufacturing power of of Boss, um, <laughs> um, which I don't. Um, so then, that's kind of where that that idea started. And then, as as I kind of got more and more in into what I was doing, it was like, why don't I just why don't I just find something that allows me to put multiple for like effects in in what because that was the plan really just to build those kind of eight effects with an on and off pedal and then you got rate and depth and maybe a mix control um and then when i kind of got chatting to a guy who eventually was the guy who ended up helping me do all the digital control stuff um he was just like well we could just add stereo and we can do tap and we can do expression control and i was just kind of throwing these crazy ideas out being can we just do this and he's just like a wizard with this kind of stuff it's just like yeah we can yeah we just chuck it in it's easy like i'll just i'll just put it in so yeah so it was kind of a collaborative project between me um and this other guy i i I don't know what pies he has his fingers in so i won't name him um but um yeah so i i did like the audio side of things like the like the the um the kind of main effects and then he did all the like digital control and presets and all that all that stuff um that's awesome so it's 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 full analog effects with digital control basically no no it, so it's it's a it's, it's fully it's fully digital yeah so it's it, it uses digital, the okay. um yes yeah, so yeah it uses um a chip called the uh, fv1 which is used in, oh like, okay yeah it's in loads of like earthquake pedals and keely pedals and um it's, yeah, it's used by uh, Dr. Scientist. Like all those guys have, have been using this for a little while. Yeah, I um, think um, I think when we were, did our podcast with uh, Old Blood Noise, because um, I was talking to yeah. um, Dan at NAM, I think he works at Old Blood Noise, uh, about it. And I know Stefan from the Pedal Zone did a video all about the FB1. It's a really kind of uh, really good platform for building on, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and um, yeah, it kind of allows you. I mean, specific. I mean, really, it's more of a reverb chip. I think that was kind of more what it was specifically designed for. Because um, I think one of the guys who designed it he used to either work for. I think it was Elisis he used to work for. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of that. But we we just kind of you can do modulation effects in it, and that's kind of where this has has kind of stemmed from. Um, and then the good thing, well, part of the reason it's taken so long is because we wanted to design it to be the board for the PCB specifically to be somewhat future-proof um, in terms of us being able to then maybe later on down the line release a reverb or a delay in a similar format. Oh, cool. Wow, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah that's but that's. Good. I mean, obviously, I want to get this one out first. I'm not. I'm not going to try yeah. and run before I'm walking. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. That uh, be, uh, sorry, Jay, go on. No, go on, Matt. I, I was going to say it's it's um it's quite often the case is that you can be half you know and I I can certainly be like it when we're talking about some things is you kind of get a few ideas or a few ideas start cycling around and before that one's even out you're already thinking about the next thing you're like no I should really focus on what I'm doing right now um, yeah, and I, and feel I think like, yeah, if, I feel you, like if as, you get that out yeah I think as and as time's gone on I think I've I've gotten worse at doing that as well um, <laughs> so I feel like even like more more stuff is continually coming to mind as I'm trying to work through 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. So um so things that are so obviously as you say, you're you're discontinuing a few things. The Junipero is is joining the the catalogue. Um but I'd be interested to know sort of for you, I guess, what was the uh, maybe what was the the most fun or your favorite pedal uh, that you've worked on and developed? And it would be cool to talk about because because you, you your your range certainly does uh, it sort of uh, it lends itself to fuzz. You have a lot of fuzz options in your in your range, so <laughs> I'd be surprised if it wasn't something like that. You definitely it's the area of effects where you seem to have covered every aspect of. Yeah, I think I think because fuzz varies so wildly um mm. i mean more so i would say than most kind of distortions and overdrives um fuzz to me is the the thing that kind of has that like you can go from like a, a big muff is nowhere near the same thing as a fuzz like they just don't sound anything remotely alike um yeah and for me starting out um with pedals like the cafetiere which is based on the old uh, Interfax harmonic percolator um it's only oh, got a handful it? of parts yeah yeah that's what it's based on yeah it's like an all silicon oh of version. course it is I, I i don't know why i didn't put that t- together <laughs> yeah that's the yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing. it does make sense now <laughs> i hadn't thought of that <laughs> and it's got a whole load more controls though yeah so that that was kind of like i was like said so like the original cafetiere only had the like volume and gain knob and then it had a switch that either you the diodes were either in the circuit or they were out the clipping diodes um right which is pretty similar to what the original one was um right and then that was kind of the first pedal that stemmed my obsession with clipping diodes which is where you'll see on most of my pedals now they've got that well, they've, they've got a six-way, but they'll soon, in the smaller version, they'll have an eight-way um, oh. rotary <laughs> switch. Um, That's great. For selecting different clipping diodes, which are like... So a lot of the um, like distortions and overdrives, has they have that, that kind of hard clipping, and you can select between like germanium and silicon LED. And just, it was amazing to me, like how just like those, that simple change of like swapping out two parts changes the sound so drastically um and that kind of stemmed my obsession with all right well what if i what if i just you know instead of putting a fixed resistor here why don't i just make it a a knob and make it variable and then you can start messing around with that so it might be you know well let's start let's just put a starve control on it and so it drains the voltage to the circuit um so you can get that dying battery sound or what happens if i change the value of this capacitor to a larger one or it gets really bassy okay cool well what if i put a pot there and it blends between the thin sounding one and the fat sounding one and that's that's kind of how my brain started working and then i just started adding more and more things to it because i think people have such an obsession with how like how does a pedal sound like they always talk like they always talk about the sound of the pedal. And I think Dan from that pedal show has probably made this exact point, and I'm probably just repeating it. Um, but they never talk about like the the setup that they're using around it. Um, and the thing that I wanted to try and aim for was how do I how do I make a pedal that allows allows you to dial in kind of sounds that you would get with almost any setup, and allow you to so if you're running if you're you know you're running a a strat into a, a twin and it's really scooped how do i add a how do i add something that allows you to dial some of those mids back in or vice versa if you're running a les paul into a marshall how do you then dial it back out again and 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 things like that um that's kind of how my weird obsession with adding loads of controls came from <laughs> yeah i think it's funny because there's, there's so much choice out there um and like you say so many people just don't and you know, I I do count myself in, in some of that. It's like um, there's so many options, so many things you can change that you just you don't really know what you're doing, or you don't. I couldn't necessarily give you all the super ins and out details between a whole bunch of clipping diodes or you know EQs and you know so much of uh, of what we do. You know, me and Joe and, and and Mark and stuff. Jay, when we're we're trying things out it's just you know you're doing it by ear and uh that's the same for so many people but if you get those options 
on a single pedal and you can start really sort of understanding how it works, it's going to help on your, you know, with your guitar sound in so many ways because you're going to be able to like dial it in depending on what amps you're using or a recording studio or or whatever. So it's it's great to have those options in and actually sort of learn something at the same time while plugging in a fuzz pedal. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's kind of where, um, so obviously once I started messing around with all those pedals like with the like, American Geek, which is like Big Muff based and the Siva, which is like the op amp Big Muff, um, the the surplus which is like a um like a light boost to overdrive that was kind of my that was like the culmination of all these experiments i've been doing on existing circuits um was to kind of pull the surplus which is pretty much as basic as it can get in terms of circuits i mean it's just a, a single stage clean boost at its kind of core and then it's how do we add like I just started adding all these kind of fundamental things that I'd learnt like oh how do I add a tone control to something oh you just add, oh you just put this here and then oh how do we make it like an overdrive oh that's like you just put clipping diodes on the output and then you've got an overdrive so that's that was that was like the culmination of all the experiments I'd done on existing circuits kind of came together in the surplus which was it's like as as basic as it can be and then you're kind of it's almost like a DIYers kind of like dream pedal if you like um in terms right. of like they've got like a basic um things you would do with an overdrive pedal or a boost i see i said we i mean you know transparent drive is is sort of bang up my street that's you know i'm i'm terrible with drive things so like transparent drives what i want if i can make yeah, you know, if I can make a clean amp just sound dynamically driven, uh, then that's kind of that's that's the thing for me. And of course, that you know, the surplus is doing that with with two entire gain stages <laughs> and your and your classic sort of six um, clipping diode option as well. So it's it's kind of a, a you know a big bunch of of transparent drives in one, which is very cool. So um, what's is there any sort of like circuit that you haven't kind of attempted yet that you'd like to try or is there something that you've done I've like the the Everest uh in There's... in your circuit world <laughs> well I I vowed to never do a tube screamer um oh, that's but good. I feel like I feel like I might eventually succumb to it in one yeah, way it's, it's, um, it's interesting you say that because I know um I was watching uh, an interview, I think it was probably maybe about a year ago, which was Jamie Stillman um, with uh, Mitch Gallagher from Sweetwater, I think, at his studio talking about the plumes, which is their take on a tube screamer, I think. Um, And he was saying that that it's been like their most popular pedal. And I think, you know, yeah, and tube screamer is definitely one of those pedals that. so many people have attempted and tried that it's even tube screamers from Ibanez aren't really tube screamers anymore. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's a tube screamer based circuit. And it's like that, that it's, it's got so washed out, I guess. Brian Wampler's a great one for demonstrating that. I always think is, you know, how different things can sound or how not different some things can sound depending on what chips you use. Um, but there's obviously still a real demand for tube screamers. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously if we were ever going to take it on, I think we'd obviously do it in our own, like the style that we've kind of been following so far. So it'd be some crazy thing with like eight knobs or whatever. But um, I mean, even now, like when I start pulling together an idea for maybe it'd be like a drive or something. I mean, there's only so many ways you can create distortion or overdrive mm-hmm. from from these kind of like you, there's only so many ways you can clip a signal um so even attempting to come up with something completely original at this point it's likely to be similar to something that already exists i highly i i would be astounded if anyone could come up with a completely unique way of clipping a circuit uh, <laughs> clipping a signal now um 
so yeah i think maybe and then also i mean i want to try and maybe mess around with like the super fuzz like the old unibox stuff i really like that circuit because it's just it's just insane like how much gain it has um and i think it would lend itself quite well to the kind of mods that we normally put on things and it's not like Xander circuitry has enough fuzzes in its range either so you know that's no it. no it's always room <laughs> yeah. yeah and i mean do you have to like um do you have to kind of like hold back sometimes because i'd imagine this and then and you know i've definitely tried a couple you know generally sort of homebrew stuff that's been like you know you can add a switch or a knob to basically every single component that exists on a on a fuzz circuit board or whatever and then you just like it becomes it either just becomes unusable or to the point where that people just call it like a feedback machine or a self-oscillator you know because it's just oh yeah you just tweak a couple of knobs and then suddenly just all hell breaks loose um yeah totally difficult to find that that balance yeah i mean i mean that's why i spent i mean because i mean that's kind of where the fuzz face uh the fuzz factory came from really it's basically a fuzz face with knobs that break the circuit um in in weird ways um and Zvex have done really well off of it, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I mean, we spend, I spend countless hours when I'm fiddling with something, trying to trying to figure out what it is I want to want to change. Um, things don't always do what you think they will um, when you're just messing about with something. So um, yeah, it takes a while, and I often have to restrain myself. And with the new stuff that's coming in we've even made outside of obviously like the updates to the look and the new switching and stuff with there are also minor updates to the circuits that i think oh you know it it might be better if i do it this way um so that there are there are kind of slight tweaks that that we make as 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 things change yeah yeah and i guess um i mean when you when you build a new pedal so if you've got if you've got an idea i mean do you start with i mean what do you use as your base point do you go i'm going to start with a fuzz face and see what happens or like obviously you say with a harmonic percolator or do you kind of just breadboard breadboard out from from scratch and see where it takes you i mean a, a bit of half and half really. so we're like with the surplus and stuff that was really just like let's just find the simplest schematic I can find for a boost and then because if you look at any um, and, and you'll kind of see it like there's only really so many ways you can make that like single gain stage work so you can look mm-hmm. at the back end of uh, a super fuzz or a big muff or loads of other fuzz pedals and you'll see the same 10 components at the end of the circuit laid out in exactly the same way um, and that's basically what the uh, EHX uh, LPB1 is they basically mm-hmm. just took that part of the circuit and just shoved it in its own box um, and then it, so that, that was kind of how, how that one started but yeah other times it'll be okay, I definitely want to build something around a big muff, which is kind of where the American Geek and the Seaver came from with my Smashing Pumpkins obsession. Um, and I'd, I'd, I definitely know I want to build something around that. So let's either, yeah, breadboard it, or maybe I'll just go on eBay or I'll go on FuzzDog and I'll buy, I'll just buy a PCB and build it and just see how it sounds. And then mm-hmm. I'll just start pulling bits off the board and think, okay, right, let's change that one to that. So sometimes I might just buy a DIY kit and just build it because it's often cheaper and less labor intensive to just build off of a PCB and then start messing around with it. And then you're like, okay, right. I know what mods I want to make. Because breadboarding can sometimes get, depending on what circuit you're working with, can get quite messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I guess um, out of everything you've got so far... Uh, everything you've built so far i mean what's the what's the best thing you've built or you know is there what's the best thing you've built that maybe you haven't released or just go no it's just a straight up clone or just something that's not going to work for xander yeah i mean i think 
the sieve is probably one of the one of my favorite things that i've worked on um just because so I the sieve is your op amp fuzz yeah so it's based on the op amp um op amp big muff um and it was kind of like for me being able to nail that like siamese dream sound um was like it was that was it's like one of the sounds that i've obsessed over like the most um i mean obviously with like, the way they recorded it it's like 10 rhythm tracks or something crazy but um <laughs> but uh like being able to get like 80 percent of the way there just from being able to step on one on one pedal um was insane to me so that was a really fun one to work on um things that i'm trying to think things that didn't work because i have I mean, I had a couple of early modulation pedals, like we mentioned the Warbler, um, which was a vibrato, and then... Yeah, the Warbler had... didn't make, didn't ever appear in this series, did it? No, so I had the the Warbler and then also the Shake and Tremble, which was a um, tremolo pedal. Um, and, yeah, they were fine, but they just, they didn't, I don't, I don't think my heart was really in them. I think I more kind of put them out to fill a gap in what I thought needed to right. be filled at the time but but really that's kind of where the Junipero is now kind of taking the Your lead all on encompassing modulation yeah pedal. yeah yeah and I think that's I mean it just really I mean like, I'm not I'm not shy about discontinuing stuff at all um if I don't think it's gonna work with kind of where like the direction we're looking to go um mm-hmm. But yes, it's just been a it's been a, a strange a strange journey of like just yeah like bringing new stuff in, knocking old stuff out, and it's been fairly rapid turnover. But I'm kind of hoping that with this like new set, that might slow down a bit, and we'll kind of settle into a groove. Yeah, I, you know, whilst you've changed a lot, it's very much it's not like just random changes. It it feels very much like you've been on a path to an end result, and uh, and potentially this next one is it. Um, yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, we will see. Well, all uh, all very exciting stuff. Um, but that that actually uh, brings us up to the the end of this week's episode of the Friday special. Uh, so it has been absolutely fantastic uh, to have you on, Alex. Thanks for taking the time to to come and chat with us. No problem. Oh, wonderful. And you can, of course, catch more Guitar Nerds over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. Or you can join us on any of the major social platforms with at Guitar Nerds. Um, and, of course, you know, you can go and check out Xander Circuitry at xandercircuitry.co.uk, um, where at the moment you can get a whopping uh, 20% off uh, on their online shop. And, of course, check out their incredible new um, Junipero pedal um we'll be back next week uh, with our regular episode on wednesday and another friday special on friday we'll catch you then for more of this guitar nerdery farewell see ya the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.